Welcome to the Grindhouse Clubhouse, the podcast where we watch exploitation films and discuss it here on the show. I'm Kenny Porter, and with me is my co-host, Jessica Lane. How you doing, Jessica? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I know you were kind of sleepy when we were starting this, so I'm going to do my best to truck through this. I'm going to pound about 50 beers, just I've, like everybody else in this movie. I've genuinely got a gin and tonic for this episode oh, specifically, well, so if you can hear uh, the, the ice clinking. I just have, yeah. Great Foley design on that, <laughs> on that gin and tonic that you're drinking right there. Thanks. My Foley album is coming out in the fall. Oh, okay. no Foley? Is that what it's called? Like no fooling? No fooling. No it's Foley. with Dave Foley. He's guest starring on the album. Oh, smart. Good way to <laughs> synergize that release. Business term we like to use. Uh, so this week's movie is Wake and Fright. Mm-hmm. Uh, an Aussie, wait, what was it? Ozploitation is think, what it is? Yeah, I think it's technically yeah. Ozploitation. Yeah. An Australian film from the Australian New Wave. I think it was made in 1971. That sounds exactly right, and it is right. Okay, and it's based on a novel from 1961 uh, by Kenneth Cook of yeah. the same name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it follows a young teacher named John Grant as he leaves from his small town of Taboonda. In uh, Australia, he's a teacher there in the world's saddest little schoolhouse. Um, And then he's going to head to Sydney to see his girlfriend, Robin. And he stops in a little town and terrible shit happens. So much terrible shit. Lots of alcohol. Yeah, lots of alcohol, lots of violence, and lots of weird, weird, weird shit. Yeah, um, this movie's like kind of heralded as a, a lost film because it was unavailable for so long until it was restored and put back out. And then you were talking about you were surprised it isn't a part of the Criterion Collection because it's kind of so regarded. Yeah, and it kind of seems that way. Like you were, you know, your response that was it has all the elements that it could be of like it was lost, it was found, it won at the Cannes Film Festival. <laughs> uh, it's a good film. I feel like I almost may have broken the. Um, you know, the flow of this podcast because we watched Faster Pussycat Kill Kill, which was terribly done. And then we watched Slumber Party Massacre, which is one of the worst films I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. And then uh, this one was really, really good. Like, <laughs> oh, it's a good movie. It, it makes me really uncomfortable to watch it, which yeah. means that I knew. And I don't mean just in the parts when it gets fucked up. I mean, watching it, it's it's technically called a horror movie and a thriller. Um and I guess that it is, but it's... It's a I'm, realistic horror. Like, if I watch a horror yeah. where it's some guy chasing teenage girls with a knife, that's not going to happen to me. Um, no, this is realistic where it's like, yeah. yeah, I could be on my way to have my holiday and get stuck in a town, make some bad decisions, end up hanging out with the creepy cult. Oh, no, they're not a cult, but a creepy gang of some rough-and-tumble Aussies and uh, end up in a whole big heap of trouble. You know what's the number one thing I took away from this film, though? Is mm. I am so glad I am not a man. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a lot of like questioning of masculinity yeah, in this movie. So much of it that I'm sitting there and it's just like that's the kind like it's this constant battle that the lead character John Grant has is just if he's manly enough. And I just kept being like, I'm so glad I'm allowed to just like cry or say no to a drink. And, and no one yeah, looks sideways like, at me. A lot of this movie is him making terrible decisions. Cause people are like, what aren't you man enough? 
It's a lot yeah, of peer like, pressure. There's even that part, like in my notes, there's that part where um, he's talking to this woman and the Laroff and Tumble guys are like, well, he'd rather talk to a woman than drink. And I, <laughs> I just wrote, yes. Uh, if you had a face like that, you'd rather talk to a woman than drink. That's very true. Let's he's get very this handsome. out of the way before we go through the plot. Uh, this dude is handsome as fuck. So handsome. I want to see him shirtless on a surfboard. That's like all I want. I know. He was shirtless at one point, but it was even though he looked great, it was a gross Oh, I'm sorry. Scene. Not just shirtless. Did you miss his penis? Uh, Yeah, it was cropped out. Oh, really? Uh, on the video, on the version I watched, the version I watched was kind of cropped, funny. Gotcha. So I did not see his wiener. Oh, he, uh, they showed it his spectacular. Wiener. It was it was it was decent. It was uh, it's not fair to the rest well, listen, of you. Listen, I know you're a married woman, but you're allowed to comment. If we can comment, <laughs> that's true. Constantly. You did you did comment that those boobs last week were fantastic. His penis was great. He had a good one. He had great man buns too, which is nice. Tanned yep. those Australian man buns, where it's a nice uh, pale region of his body and the rest of it is real tan he had it going dong that's all god damn it <laughs> it's, no it's true yeah yeah no this guy was i've never heard of him before was he in anything else i don't know i pulled up his thing i think he was in some stuff that i may maybe you know if you were australian it looks like he did a couple okay. of like uh weber plays it's so weird they didn't import this guy immediately to the u.s because yeah. he has got like the dude's got a Robert Redford, like, Guy Pierce look to him. Yeah. He looks it's like... It's just like, obviously, they should have exported this guy. I mean, if this dude... This this dude's like a proto-Hemsworth. If He's... they would have found out about this guy back then, even back then, they didn't know who Hemsworth was. They're like, we got a Hemsworth, this motherfucker. Oh, well, he did die. Oh, no, he was older, 55. I mean, that's not old, but... Oh, that's pretty young, though. Yeah, it's pretty... Well, he died of AIDS, apparently. Oh, well, again, he looked really good. Yeah, he looked real good. That dong got around. I'm sure it did. It seems that way. If he got AIDS from this movie, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, my God, And me not, either. like, even sleeping with anybody, just being in it. Yeah, just... It's something... Like, I... <laughs> yeah, AIDS, alcohol, poison, anything like that. Yeah. So we should probably okay. just... Let's start at the beginning of this film and work our way through it. Okay. It shouldn't take us too long because a lot of this movie is just like uncomfortable moments. Mm-hmm. There isn't a lot of plot that happens. So, like I said, John is leaving his small teaching job from the small town of Tabunda uh, for the like winter holiday, like the Christmas holiday. Or is it? It's technically it's summer. It's summer there. in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. I always forget that. Um, and the toilets summer, go the other way. <laughs> yeah, it, the Simpsons taught us all about it. Uh, <laughs> Um, they, he leaves, uh, all his very bored kids. They're not even doing, like, I thought it was funny at first that they weren't even doing anything in the classroom, but it's kind of explained later on why he's not even having them do anything in the class. And they're just sitting there. Uh, wait, so why he's was off. that? Why was he doing that? Yeah. He doesn't want to be a teacher. Oh, okay. I thought there was like a specific explanation. Yeah, no, no I definitely got general, it. seems like he's like, just fucking sit here till the bell rings. You guys can leave for vacation because, Apparently, um, this movie posits, I don't know if this is true, that he's kind of like a civil servant slave. Like yeah. he's put There's... out there, like as an educator, he's put out like on a, on a basically like a slave wage in a 
podunk part of the country until he can raise a thousand dollars to buy out of his contract. Or I something. feel like that's not too far fetched. He uses the word slave, which is kind of an exaggeration, especially considering there's a it's there's not a not literally a slave. No, but it's weird. But- it's like he's a teacher who's bound by a contract he has to buy his way out of. They also like using the word slave, but then also using some like imagery of aboriginals to kind of prove the point of how like he feels like an outsider in this area is uh, makes slave seem like a very exaggerated term. Yeah, especially when he's the nicest dressed guy for like seven towns. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he goes, stops by the bar, talks to Charlie, the, uh, the scraggly guy in the local Tabunda pub. I love saying the name of that. Tabunda. Yeah. Uh, so we get to the Yibba. Yeah. Where they're about to head Boondin to. Yabba. Uh, Boondin Yabba. Yep. Or just the Yabba, if you're cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he stops by Charlie's. He's like off to see my girlfriend, uh, leaves, gets on a party train. Everybody's, and I kept forgetting like, oh yeah, it's the holidays mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why everybody's partying because he uh it's he also australia into... yeah that's true um they pull into this town called what's what's the full name again what yeah Bundanyaba. Bundanyaba, and they call it the yeba but they're always uh, like Bundanyaba, but if they say it sounds like one Bundanyaba. fucking syllable <laughs> yeah. yeah i can't yeah, they, quite get on yeah, that australian a lot of people talk really fast i could still understand what they were saying but i was like whoa dude you guys all need to chill out with how fast you're talking yeah um so he gets picked up by the world's pluckiest cabbie yeah the ex- <laughs> and taken to a captain bar. Expo- captain X's exposition of uh cab drivers yeah. Oh no, 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 he doesn't go to a bar. He goes to the hotel room where that woman is like feeling herself up in front of the fan. Oh yeah, she's like dipping her fingers in water, spreading it all over her chest. And he's like, I get it. It gets hot, like in Australia, I'm sure. Yeah, but I... she's also like really mad that he interrupted. I know. And she's doing it again later on. Like, like she, like he caught her giving herself the time, and she had no time for him. Well, she was, was mad. As we learn more about this town. Females, oh, I hate using the word females. Women acting uh, kind of odd makes a lot more sense as this film goes on, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, f- the female of the species. <laughs> very it's non. Just the men are very concerned with being men. Like, very, very much concerned with being men that it's, uh, it's almost the like there's no where, time for women. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is from the sound of it, the women are not getting much attention no. in this town. Uh, yeah, he gets a hotel room and then four dollars for his hotel room. By the way, oh my god, I was so mad every time I heard the price of something. I was like, "The fuck you say?" Yeah, like four dollars for a hotel. Four dollars for a whole round of beers for everyone for a dollar. I'm like, I am moving to Australia in 1971. Steak for a dollar too. Yeah, like with eggs and toast and every oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> pissing me off but yeah so he goes to this bar which closes at 6 30 which uh does not sound right for this town because they he comes in they're like hey close that door we're closed and then it shows the bar and it's just like jam-packed yeah and, it's not uh, even like a bar it almost reminded me of like a legion hall kind of thing like it's yeah. they're so centered on alcohol that the the bartender area there's like nine bartenders and it's it's, it's a humongous it's like area in, yeah it's like back in um Back in Grand Haven, where we're from, it's like that Eagles place. Yeah, like yeah. Your place where, uh, where they were just like you get you become a weird member and you get a beer for two bucks or something. I don't know. And uh, yeah, but they're just like, dude, they are slinging beers 
so fast because he, he meets that um, that overly friendly uh, sheriff named Jock Crawford, who uh, who he's real. He's overly friendly. And I'm not going to lie. Uh, Grant's being kind of a dick. To him. But also, but Jock's kind of. Uh, yeah, you're he's right. Pro- he is pushy. He's overly friendly and like everybody wants to ask him how he's enjoying the yabba and wants to get him a beer. Yeah. And, and he, he, uh, he, he just kind of no. wants to be left. Yeah, he kind of wants to be left alone. But the Jacques guy just keeps politely pushing it. So good on him at least for being like, yeah, this guy's being a maybe he shouldn't be pushing him, but at least he's taking Grant's bullshit. That's with true. A, with a grain of salt. So he get, so okay so he's asking John about himself. John's like, "I'm a teacher, basically like an indentured servant." Explains mm-hmm. the whole thousand dollar thing. Then this is the only this is the only moment, and I mean I know he's a cop, but this is the only moment where I wondered if this was a science fiction movie because that cop goes to the bar, a super busy bar, and gets two beers immediately. Maybe it's because he's the cop, though. That's what I thought. It just like in my head, I was just like, "Wow, I really wish I could go to a bar and get a drink that fast." Yeah, because he. Head, this is not reality. Well, because later, uh, Jack offers to, or John, sorry, everyone's name was Jack, John, or Jock, um, or Joe. They he offers to buy a round, and then the cop Jock, ooh, cop Jock, uh, he, <laughs> Jock cops, cop Jocks. Uh, he off, he's like, let me do it. I'll get it much faster than you. And he goes and gets it. Oh, I didn't hear that line. Yeah, that makes sense. If he's the sheriff, they're like, keep the sheriff. And it seems well, like it's like, it's a town where like no one really gets it. He even makes a comment about that. Like the the cops kind of have nothing to do in this town. He says the only thing yeah. they ever get sometimes is uh, suicide. suicide. And Which then, is a great setup and foreshadowing for later. I could have. I actually kind of didn't see that coming, but also I don't know. Yeah, well, um, it's because he says that, and then, um, and then John Grant goes, "Well, it's a great way. It's an easy way to leave town." Yeah. Which is uh, which is a big foreshadowing for later on. And also, uh, apparently, I, the funniest uh, joke that Jock has ever heard. Oh yeah, because he laughs real hard at that. He's like, "Say, hey, I'm gonna remember that." Yeah. So then what happens? Um, well, then that bar, there's uh, there's behind – well, no, uh, they want to go to a different bar. Mm-hmm. Um, well, oh, I forgot about – okay, so when they're in the first bar, when it's Jock and John, and they're yeah. drinking and, and like literally like Jock will like just – he's one of those drinkers, and I'm sure you've seen him in real life, where it seems they just like open their throat – and like oh, yeah, pour it just falls alcohol right down. Yeah, and it looks so seamless. So they're doing that, but then there's this weird moment where all of a sudden, like the bar goes real quiet and real dark, and this light points on the stage, and it seems to be some sort of memorial for like fallen soldiers. Oh yeah, that was real creepy. I thought we were about to enter like cult town status. Well, I was like, got, yeah, that's what I the thought too. Went red and everybody's standing and acting like real silent and weird. But I'm not. I did. Did you catch what it was? It was in a memorial for soldiers. Yeah, for like the fallen soldiers, which kind of goes along with the whole like all of this extreme, very toxic masculinity of this town. It seems like I think it was kind of playing into that of like. Because what's the ultimate "quote unquote" badass man is someone at the uh, front lines beer of a war. Soldier. Yeah, exactly. Like someone who's died yep. for their country. That's the ultimate man. Yep. Uh, so I think that's Somebody why who's a who's a soldier, not just a civilian. Yeah, so it's that almost like of... they like worship. It's almost like worship, you know. Without, but it goes all weird because like with the red and then like 
John's looking around the bar and there's like old ladies having a birthday party and then like people drinking over here and then slot machines. It got real like lynchy in there for a second. <laughs> yeah, it did. It started to feel a little Twin Peaks. Like, yeah. Like somebody was going to come out and be like, dun, 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 dancing and talking backwards and shit. Yeah, it was really like, cool. That gum you like is coming back into style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they, they, they're going to go to another bar, but then John, after having himself down more beers than he was probably capable of it's like i need food they go to this restaurant which is in the front hall first of all you need like almost a password to get in it's like almost like a speakeasy um yeah that was weird he was like let me show you where to get a steak eh? like yeah a real good steak and they go there and uh, like you have to tell a password to get a steak yeah so they you know say that password get in and then in the back it's like steak hall in the front and in the back is like a betting ring uh, where they're playing a game called, I think it's called Two Up. Yeah, that's what I wrote down. It's heads or tails. Yeah, but double heads or tails. All right, but it's still heads or tails. It's like, I mean, there's no maybe uh, you're small. Listen, in this town, maybe your small female brain can't comprehend that's the importance. That's very true. And oh. I also too have not had that much to drink in quite a while. Like it, it's yeah. probably been since like my 27th birthday. So uh, you know, a couple years since I've had. And I bet if I had that much to drink again, maybe Heads or Tails would be a very fun game, especially with a lot of people yelling and screaming and money being thrown around. Yeah, I'm sure in the moment I might be into it, uh, but looking at it right now, I'm just like, I don't know if I want to bet my money on Heads or Tails. So he finds out about that, and John's kind of like, meh, whatever, and he goes and eats a steak, and that's where we meet Doc Tyson. Is it Doc Tyson? Yes, I just kept calling him Donald Pleasance because that's who plays him. Because that surprised the hell out of me. Because Donald Pleasance, you'd know him best if you're a movie lover. He plays the psychiatrist or the doctor in the first Halloween movie. Yeah, in the first two Halloween movies, the guy who's like Michael Myers stared at a wall for twenty years. Yeah, and he's in James Bond. Yeah, yeah, he played Blofeld one time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he's there, and he's. He's being real ominous. No, it's Titan. Titan. No, 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 he's Doc. He's Doc. He's a Doc, yeah. Because uh, he's a doctor, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh, he, he, they're talking over the food, and John's kind of like haphazardly sharing his food with him. And they're talking about the town, and John's like asking him what he thinks about it. And Don Pleasance is like, this place was hell. Yeah, actually, I really, this first introduction to Doc, I really, 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 really liked him. Actually, I kind of liked him through the whole film. He may have been my favorite character, mainly because of his own self-awareness. Yeah, he's very self-aware of how this town works. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't know, he's got, he made a really good, um, he starts off by saying that that discontent is a luxury of the well-to-do. Yeah, that was a great quote. I wrote that down. Yeah, and then he makes that comment too, which I actually, you know, like you said, we were both from uh, Grand Haven. It's like where you and I spent like very formative years. Um, mm-hmm. But I also, or I always think about what he said about the, um, it's death to farm here and there's even worse than death in the mines and you expect them to sing opera, which I felt was just like <laughs> a very, very compelling very brilliant thing to say to say because you know you even see it nowadays no matter where you go like there are places it's like 
it's hard living a life the way you do. It's hard living this blue collar life. Like, and then we get mad at some people for not being as cultured as, you know, say like a big city or something. And it's like, all right, well, you go work yourself to death and see if you <laughs> want to learn culture, you know? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I the, really the, like This him. is very much like he can tell that, yeah, I'm kind of stuck here. You can tell Doc is a little bit more intelligent mm -hmm. than the rest of the community, but he knows that, hey, this is just how life is here, and it makes sense why life is that way, and I'm still here. Well, you learn later exactly why he is there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he gets on a whole long... But that's much later, but I really... Um... Yeah, I really like Doc a whole lot. Like, he's kind of a weirdo and he's kind of a terrible person, but, like, his self, his level of self-awareness is absolutely amazing. Like, it's really great. Yeah, listen, yeah, the guy who plays John Grant might be handsome as fuck. I'm mm -hmm. going to tell you right now, Donald Pleasance is the best actor in this movie. Yeah, the John Grant guy is, uh, yeah, you're right, he is very handsome, uh, but... And if anybody ever tells me, like, oh, Donald Pleasance, that guy who's in, like, half the movies that Mystery Science Theater does, I'm going to be like, listen, there's this movie called Wake and Fright with Donald Pleasance. <laughs> he does a brilliant job. Everybody in that movie. That uh, yeah, really so brought talking, it. And is at that point that Grant's like, well, I'll check out this whole two-up game. Yeah, I think he gets kind of uh, annoyed at um... – I mean, it, it, yeah, it gets annoyed at Doc, which is funny because Doc's probably the only person who can match him intellectually. But I think because Doc can match him intellectually and doesn't go along with him that of this idea of like everyone's stupid and this is the worst place ever, uh, he kind of storm he kind of storms off. Like, kinda... oh yeah, I know a lot of people like that mm -hmm. who want to be the intellectual king shit motherfucker in yeah. the room if you try to have a civilized conversation with them like oh i can i can talk about things like that they go eh, i want to lord it over everybody yeah so because he didn't get to lord it over doc he went to go learn how to play uh two up heads up two up whatever yeah. so heads up seven up yeah and he ends up winning a lot of money a whole lot of money um, Comparatively, I think it's like four hundred bucks. Yeah, right? which we found out you can buy a steak dinner and a round of beers for two bucks in a hotel steaks. room for four bucks. Jessica, that equals rich. That's real rich. I can't afford that many steaks right now. Yeah, he runs his ass back to the hotel room, throws his money down, like on the floor. Yeah, is looking at it, is so happy. Then goes digging through his bag and finds his school books and gets pissed because he remembers that. No matter what he does, he's still stuck there. But then he realizes, I won this money in in two seconds. I can go back and get the $1,000 and then never have to teach again. Yeah, which I'm just screaming at my screen at that point because I'm like – Dude, you're not gonna like. You're not gonna win it all back again. Like you're, just, you're not going to. Right I was like, this guy's obviously gonna blow it. Yep. And guess what? He blows it. Yep. Next he, note, and it's gone. Yeah, and he put, like he didn't even smart like for a, such a smart guy. You don't throw Bet down it all. all. Yeah, he blew. He like because he had won. He was up to what eight hundred dollars or whatever, and he put eight hundred down. Don't fucking do that. Put four hundred down. Not even like keep seven hundred of it and use that's you know that's closer. I mm -hmm. mean, well, you no, know, John's not as smart as he thinks he is. I don't know. I guess gambling may get the best of him or something. Mm -hmm. And it does. Uh, it does. So he loses all his money. He has one dollar left. How did he get that? Didn't someone give him the dollar? 
he got the dollar back for the deposit on the that's key. That's right. That's what the, it was. Uh, when he goes back to get it from the from the icy lady <laughs> at, the, at the hotel. From the sexy water fan and, lady. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she was the most attractive lady in the movie. Besides his girlfriend, who we only got to see in Flash. Oh, yeah. She's only in photographs and Flash stuff. I, I always forget about his girlfriend, Robin. Yeah, Robin, who's just like the most beautiful surfer, Australian, blonde, tan, gorgeous kind of woman. Um, and they kind of do a really good job of like, because she's only in flashbacks, they play her. She's very misty, very uh, soft-focused kind of images with her, and she kind of comes off as this fantasy dream girl. Um, yeah, and he barely talks about her. Not Yeah, the only time he talks about her is with uh, Jeanette later. Um Listen, Jessica, I'm gonna be real with you. Yeah. I feel like I feel like Robin could do better. I I agree. I feel he like she could get handsome. a man who would treat her better. He yeah. May, yeah, he may be handsome and he may have a very decent dick. Uh but uh <laughs> He's got a decent D. But he does a, he doesn't have it where it counts. He's got that D D, the decent D. And uh <laughs> But yeah, she could I don't know. I mean she's she's quite a looker, so mm-hmm. um so yeah, so he he uh Ends up, because he's only got this dollar left, he's going to the bar to drown his sorrows, his one dollars of beers worth of sorrows. Um, and he meets this guy, who I just wrote on Heinz. What was his first name? Uh, I don't remember. I called him Creepy Bowtie. Yeah, he's he was wearing creepy a bow tie. And he was little. This is the first time, too, where we get a real pushback in the movie of masculinity. Because, mm-hmm. the, I mean, if you didn't know this, everyone in this movie is sweating. Constantly. Oh, and also there's, like, they don't, they do a really good job of, like, barely ever showing women. Like, ever. Oh, if there are women in the shot, they're blurred out. And you yeah. can't really see them much in the background. So he's at this bar in the middle of the day, and the guy's like, let me get you a beer. And he's pissed. He's like, I don't want a beer. Yeah. Okay, And they're like, and then he yells at him. He's like, what do you mean you don't want a fucking beer? Like that. And everybody looks at him. He's like, fine, I'll take it. Like, more of the challenging masculinity. Mm-hmm thing and he takes it and slugs it down he's like let me get you another one he's like i I don't need another one so then they're like pretty toasty in the afternoon which it seems par for the course in this town everyone's toasty the bar is always busy and then uh continue with the masculinity heinz is asking him like are you a part of this men's are you like are you a buffalo are you a mason like going through all these yeah he keeps asking him about men's clubs and then kind of being like i can't believe you're not a buff i can't believe you're not a mason like very almost distraught like one of the like flabbergasted that a man could not be a part of a men's club he is very shocked. He's like, nah, man, I'm just a dude, just a handsome-ass teacher who hates his job. Oh, my God. I really – this, yeah, like I said, this, I, the whole time I'm just like, I'm so glad I'm not a dude. I don't I don't ever want to be a dude. I don't want to <laughs> – <laughs> I don't want to be a dude. I don't ever want to be a dude. I don't want to deal with any of this stuff. So, so, he, uh, so Bowtie takes him home to his house because he's like, listen, you don't have a place to stay. You come stay at my house. And that's when you meet sexy, super sad Jeanette. Yeah. Is she sexy though? Because she looks. She's tired. I don't. I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm not necessarily talking about looks, but it just seemed, yeah, like she was tired or like she was gonna stab a bitch. She looks like she's and been tired for a very long time. Like she's had a rough. Like her rough life is very visible from head to toe. She is not having a good time. I think if so. she were in a better situation, she'd be a very brilliant and beautiful woman. Of course. But she looked like she had a few years added on to her just by her situation. 
uh, living in that town. Cool. Not surprised. No, I'm really not <laughs> so, surprised. Yeah. So they're hanging out there and Bowtie, he's telling Bowtie, he's like, listen, I need to go back into town. And Bowtie's like, why? And he goes, I need to get work to pay to get on the train. And in my head, I'm like, eh, good, good on you. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Just good. I mean, listen, Lord knows the bar needs fucking dishwashers because they got glasses running back and forth so much. And that town's so busy. You could be a bartender for four hours and probably make $600. Oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't even think of that. And yeah. all anybody's drinking is beer. It's just fill the glasses up. It's oh, fill smart. the glasses up. People give you a dollar tip. Or, I mean, maybe, well, in this town, since a dollar is a whole round, they give you a, a 25-cent tip. But there's so much beer, you would make $600 a night. Oh, yeah. He could just go, man, why does he even worry? He should just moonlight as a bartender and yeah. then he won't have to be a teacher anymore. And in that kind of town, I'm kind of guessing that you could go in and be like, I'd like to work at, I'd like to be a bartender. And if they say no, you just go give it to me. And they're like, yes, you're a man. Here oh, you are. He's a man. <laughs> like, I, didn't, I didn't notice. I didn't notice <laughs> that he was a man until he whipped out that decent dick and dropped it <laughs> and showed me that he could pour a beer. Oh, God. He was so uh, handsome. Yeah. Oh, he's so handsome. They say that too secretly. <laughs> They're like, listen, I know we're supposed to be men, but god damn it, the handsome. <laughs> well, some of that later too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh he's talking to them and then Bowtie's friends come over who's who are all just um, I didn't learn their names. Joe and Dick. Joe and Dick. Mm-hmm. And Doc is there. Yeah, Doc Joey, Dick, and Doc. Yep. And does Doc <laughs> live on the property? I could. I don't know if that was on the property. If it, well, they had a drive. No, that was Joe and Dick driving out to him. Um, I don't know if it's their property. It's also Australia, where property probably means a lot bigger than you or I are accustomed oh, I'm to. Sure. Yeah. Then to us, property is like, oh, their trailers parked an acre away. To them, yeah. it's like, oh, our neighbors who live an hour that way. Yeah, exactly. So it may be the property, but it still has a good ten-minute drive between the two places. Yeah, so uh, they're hanging out, getting drunk and stuff, and John's more interested in talking to Jeanette than he is to the other guys. Yeah. And that's one of the guys, which I guess is a famous line for this movie. He's like, what's the matter with him? He'd rather talk to a woman than drink. Mm-hmm. And John's just talking to Jeanette, telling her how he's, you know, he just met her, but he's like, I want to move to England and be a journalist. Oh, yeah. And he's doing all of the talking. Sad, sexy Jeanette is uh, not speaking. Like, she says a couple of things, but, like, mostly just repeating the last word he said, um, which makes sense once you know the town so incredibly well because who gives a fuck about women in this town? Uh, yeah. She's probably just astounded that he's trying to have a conversation with her. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, my girlfriend, Rob. She's like, Robin. Yeah, she's it's real looking weird. at it. She's like, I want to be Robin. So they go on a walk, which uh, very clear to everyone means Jeanette's going to bone him. Yep. Because like uh, as we'll find out later from, from good old DP, from Donald Pleasance, that uh, Jeanette – now this is – now – Okay, so let's finish off this scene. Then I have a question about this afterwards. So, yeah, they go on their walk. Go. go Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I thought you were, like, starting. You know, they they go on their walk, and um, they're kind of, I don't know, they're, like, kind of talking like John. You learn John, like, a lot of of, um, intellectuals likes the sound of his own voice quite a bit. 
Oh, yeah. So he's, like, telling Jeanette all about this, that, or the other. And she just lays down on the ground and starts very sadly taking off her clothes. Like, oh, I didn't like that. Okay, well, then that will get... Then let's just get into it now. Because I was going to wait till later. Is she... Is she doing this because she likes him? Or is she doing this because she's indentured to fuck everybody that that guy brings back to the house? I don't know if it's indentured to fuck everyone that comes back to the house. Or if it's just this town puts so little value on women that the only way she's ever learned to feel... Yeah, to feel any sort of good feeling is by fucking dudes. Yeah, because they reveal later that she slept with all of those guys. Yeah, all of them. And like she's, and Donald yeah. Pleasance especially. Yeah. I guess, because he has very unique appetites. I also, yeah, there was like kind of that unique appetites of like maybe they're, and they kind of do some weird psychedelic dream sequence. So it seems like maybe she and the doc are both into sort of some like BDSM kind of stuff. Yeah. But also, I think, I mean, I think Doc says that, but I, I think part of it too is that Doc being the only intellectual that this town has probably actually has conversations with her. And so in Doc's head, maybe it's like, yeah, she likes this real dirty, crazy stuff. But in her head, it's like, well, at least he, um, pays asks, attention to me. Yeah. At least, at least he asks me how my day was before he gets down to business. Yeah. Before he gets D, before he gets D to B. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. I have a lot of those. I have a lot of those <laughs> shortening of words for later. Uh, <laughs> because she's... I'm... Go, go ahead. Yeah, go sorry. ahead. No, 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 no oh, go for it. Uh, we're having a Canadian standoff here. Oh, my here. God. I, uh, I apologize. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. God. Uh, okay, so... You should go for it. You are a man. Well, I mean, now that you say it. You know, I've realized in these past couple episodes, I've made a lot of jokes about being <laughs> a misogynist. I am not at all. I was just playing around and what i said with those last jokes a while ago i was like man i really need to stop those because i know those jokes are fine with you but to the greater world <laughs> they don't know, know not that way but the internet doesn't know so should i make those jokes i'm sorry it makes They're, me look like a hypocrite when i talk about what a feminist i am in the rest of the episode <laughs> <laughs> when you're you're just like i do not want to be a man i don't <laughs> no. want to be a man after watching this movie no no third option uh Okay, so anyway, they start fooling around a bit. He's hesitant at first because she's leaning all over him. And then she just like sort of ritually starts unbuttoning her dress. Ritually is the perfect word for it because there is no emotion on her face except for she looks like she's going to burst into tears any minute. I hated it. It made me so uncomfortable. And the worst part is all the music (laughs) over these scenes – is very reminiscent of I wrote this down. It's very reminiscent of the creepy music from the first Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> That's really actually a really good way to put it. Yeah, it's the it's the really scary music about like when they first Ooh. run into the librarian. Yeah, when they first run into the librarian or when the fucking terror dog attacks uh attacks Dana in her apartment. It's yeah. just, I'm just really unnerved, especially because I'm like, listen, they're there ain't no ghost busting going on in this. Like there's some real shit going down (laughs) Uh, and they start kind of fooling around, but then John throws up. And this is where I wrote down is now this is interesting to me. And I also love this movie because I get to talk like actual film theory about this one as a fucking slumber party massacre. (laughs) Uh, Now, do you think he's throwing up 
because of the morality of the situation, because he has a girlfriend somewhere else and he feels sick about what he's doing because he, he clearly probably jumps on it. Cause he was like, well, I'm a man. Right. And this woman from herself to me, or do you think he's just throwing up because everyone in this town has given him about 150 beers total in the past 48 hours? I think it's a little of column a and a whole lot of column B. Yeah. Okay. It's, he's obviously just puking beer because there's very, there's very little food in his system, but I felt I felt from the scene that he was like, I can't do it. I can't go through with it. Mm, I felt bad for Jeanette because she it's been made very clear without even before we even get to finding out that she's fucked everyone, is that you can just see that so much of her self worth is built up in these walks that she takes with the men that come home with yep. daddy from the bar. She's uh, going a walking after midnight. Yeah, and that, it's getting steamy. That when he starts throwing up, like you know that she, uh, she just added another checkbox to her sadness level. You know. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's sad. Jeanette makes me so sad, Jessica. I know she made me Someone really needs sad. to rescue Je- Jeanette and take her somewhere where she can go. And you know, she doesn't need a college education or anything. She just needs to find something she's passionate about. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe make pottery or well, something. I, I don't know. Or I mean, start a firm. I do like because their house was like absolutely spotless, which goes to like that explains exactly what women are good for in that town. Yeah, because their house is like uh, well decorated and spotless, and it's like well, it's the only place in town that doesn't look like it it survived a war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so they go back, and then it's the next morning, and then we get some Don Pleasant's dad bod. Well, before they go. Uh, he gets really drunk that night. Like so oh, yeah. drunk. They're like Super playing with guns and uh, oh, he gets right. real trippy. Yeah. Like, it, like it goes through like a, I don't know, like a magical mystery tour moment all of a sudden where they're, I don't know. He was like tripping balls and they're like doing all sorts. Of, it's like flashes of stuff. I don't know. It was really, I kind of like that part. It was really cool. Um, yeah. But yeah. Then we go to Don Pleasant's dad bod the next morning. Cause uh, mm-hmm. he wakes up at, in Doc's um, shack. House. Shack is a good thing. It's like a studio apartment house shack in the desert. But like and filthy uh, and disgusting. Yeah, it's gross. Definitely full of bugs. Yep. Um, but that's kind of where we learn about, that's where we learn more about the doc. And that's kind of, this is kind of too where I ended up liking the doc a lot more because you learn a lot about self, self-awareness. Because um, they start talking about Jeanette and he mentions how, you know, essentially everyone's had a tumble with Jeanette and that he especially gets it with her because she comes over when she's bored or he's bored. Um, yep. And there's that whole thing. It's implied that she's into some stranger things sexually and that he accommodates those things. Um, yep. But he makes a lot of really like kind of, especially for 1971, fairly forward thinking uh, ideas about women in that, you know, he makes an exact quote where he says, what's wrong with a woman taking a man just because she wants to? Um, yeah, and I wrote that down, and then I under it, I wrote nothing. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he just he kind of keeps going on of like, you know, there's nothing wrong with the fact that Jeanette is a, you know, he's like everyone would call her a slut, but the people who are calling her a slut are men who have never been with her or women who wish they could be more like her. Um, exactly, which is you know probably a whole lot of truth to it in that like even though Jeanette is really really sad, um, kind of like Doc being all like, if she wants to do it, she's allowed to do it more power to her like there's no yeah. real difference between men and women like he's kind of i wish it was attached to a more cheerful character yeah uh because it is true but there's absolutely nothing wrong with that 
Yeah. And if anybody tells you there's anything wrong with that, you tell them well, that I said they're wrong. Yeah, he he also too the doc ends up we learn up end up learning the doc's history, um, where we learn that he's a his name is Doc because he's actually a doctor, like a medical doctor. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that he. Uh, I guess I don't think he had a practice, but I think he was like maybe finishing medical school or in residency in Sydney and then got kicked out of Sydney um, because he's an alcoholic and he even says because he can't stop drinking. But then he says in Bundan Yaba or in the Yaba, being an alcoholic doesn't stop him from getting patients. Like people still come to him even if he's been drinking all day. Because everybody's been drinking all day. Yeah. So it's like patient and doctor are both really drunk and... He apparently doesn't really get paid. He just, like, people pay him in uh, favor. Like, he doesn't have to pay for the little shack he lives in, and people provide him food and alcohol and things like that. So he lives Everything in, he needs. Yeah, he lives in poverty, but he gets to drink all the time. So, I mean, it's terribly sad that he's an alcoholic, and it's terribly sad that he lives so grossly like he does. But yeah, he knows what he's doing, and he's, like, owning it. Yeah, Pleasance is into his life. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like I want to be, in one hand, want to be proud of him for being uh, content with who he is, but then also on the other hand, I'm like, oh man, get your shit together, dude. Like, you're eating... Donald Pleasance, get your shit together. Yeah, you're eating kangaroo meat essentially out of a shoe. (laughs) Like, come on, dude. Oh, and the kangaroo. Because that's the next part. Okay, so... This is a part that I like... Full disclosure. I read about this before it happened. So they kill a kangaroo on camera on this. Several kangaroos. I mean, if you can all the shooting. Um, They said they had professional hunters with them and stuff. But I think the real story is that they were just trying to shoot it all day the other way. It's just easier if we just kill them and record it. At least that's what I read. I don't know if that's true. But either way, they kill the kangaroos and knowing that, watching because they like they get super drunk and go out being like, Wee-hoo! like good old boys, but in Australia and they're using their dog to hunt down kangaroos and they're Ooh. shooting them and stuff. They box one and then at one slit point. its throat. Uh, yeah, like, and but it's to... a real kangaroo and they're really slitting its throat. This isn't like I know that's why it's so uncomfortable. I, remember, I read somewhere that I guess um because the people that were actually doing the shooting, like you said, they're pr- trained professionals, and that's kind of how they could fall under the non-cruelty in film act. Yeah. Um, but I guess, like, on the set that day, those hunters were getting increasingly uh, more drunk as the day went on and were, like, missing shots and, like, shooting into, like, non-vital organs and so that the much as that the uh, kangaroos were, like, hobbling around, bleeding out and stuff that... I guess the whole crew banded together and faked a power outage to shut down the shooting for the rest of the day because people were like throwing up and not uh, having well, a good Well, good time. on them at least for that part. Yeah. Ugh. It, it was terrible. You know what? That's what I think I read and I misinterpreted. I misspoke when I was saying what happened. But God, God, yes, that's. Ugh. Oh, it was I, so it made bad. Me really uncomfortable. I mean, yeah, made that was like the sad. the whole movie. It made me uncomfortable to this point of because of other reasons because of like the toxic masculinity because of um sad Jeanette's face uh when she's pulling her clothes off but this made me really upset really sad this is the worst part of the masculinity where it's like we're gonna go out and kill a bunch of animals just because we can and torture them 
and do terrible stuff. It's none of this is for. Well, I mean, do they take meat with them to they eat? Do, do they do. I think they take like one of the kangaroos, and I know the doc um, keeps cutting off their balls because apparently you can make a good, um, like a roux, like a gravy out of it or something. Um, but I also think it's kind of trophyish. Yeah, cut, that just adds more to the masculinity. Exactly, especially like naked testicles. Yeah. Um, I feel oh, like this part, it's like there's no fun way to talk about this part, even on like a podcast where we goof around. Like it's really I wrote brutal. in my notes, I'm going to vomit. Yeah. I, I felt real. I'd just eaten before I watched this movie too, and I was like, oh, fuck me rotten. I am just like, I can't handle this. But so let's move past. Yeah. Okay, but the, yeah, well, no, I'll just say one last, I'll say one last thing about it too, is that because um, they, because uh, you said they box a kangaroo and then they slit its throat and you know, they kind of jokingly asked John, like, have you ever done it? And he's like, no, of course not. He's like, but I would fucking do it. And they're like, well, here's your chance. And it was just like a small baby one. Um, yeah, that was the worst part. But there was this really brilliant in the film, like brilliant filmmaking uh, where, you know, John's like staring down this baby kangaroo and like the men are yelling from the background. And you have the two, you have Joe and Joey and Dickie um, and then the doc in between you know, between them and, and John and they're kind of shouting out a lot of stuff of like, they're essentially like calling him a pussy, you know, like, yeah. kind of be like, don't be such a woman. Like it's just a baby. Blah, blah, blah. And you just see this fantastic moment of John staring down this kangaroo and you just see that that kangaroo represents all of this like repressed homosexuality and this repressed, like, uh, like the feminine side that he wants to fight, like, you know, the books loving side of himself, quote unquote, feminine side. And just, mm-hmm. He just takes it out, you know. Then he just finally lets loose, and he murders Kills it. it. Then he murders yeah. it, and it. Uh, uh. I. Uh, it made me real sad, but it was a brilliant. Oh, it's, it's it, well, it's it's a good piece of cinema, but it's shitty. Yeah, I can see why people walked out during that because it's yeah. really brutal. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay, right, so we can move on. past it. Yeah, we can definitely yeah. move past it because then it's they sad. go. This I must have missed for a second. Uh, they end up at, is it at like a bar somewhere? Yeah, I think those are called bush bars because they're bars that are just out in the middle of the bush. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Like I think it's specifically for men who are like out hunting or people who are just like out exploring the outback. Yeah, and then the other two guys, Joe and Dick, get in an idiot fight. Yeah, where they're, stop hitting yourself. Now you stop hitting and then yourself. Donald Pleasance hilariously starts it looks like he's about to get into it with the chair, but instead he's just hitting everything else with the chair. Yeah. And breaking stuff up like, whoa, Donald Pleasance, you suck in a fight. They, like, he's just like, Wah. They tore that fucking bar apart, dude. Yes, like, they did. Not even, like, yeah, I've seen bar fights in movies and or even a little tiny bit in real life where someone, like, breaks the mirror behind the bar and, like, smashes the bottle, but they, like, put holes in the walls and, like, destroyed the kitchen i mean they they really that guy needs to file an insurance claim yeah that guy may not have a bar anymore Um, (laughs) it was insane i did like right before that when when tweedledee and tweedledum dick and joe were um were having their little wrestling match which by the way was a little foreshadowing to some of the homosexual behavior that happens later because i feel like a lot of this manly stuff was a lot like was very homoerotic a lot of times um 
I like that the doc and John, well, John's drunkenly passing out, but the doc is trying to continue having this philosophical debate about, uh, I think like Socrates or Plato or something. Um, while these two are wrestling in the background, you know, just like, it's almost like the doc was excited to have someone who under, who's read a book <laughs> to be yeah. around. It was a nice like contrast between the two. I really liked it. Um, uh, and then the next day, or is it that night that all this stuff happens? It's that night. It's when they're super drunk. Cause they've been drinking uh, so heavily this entire time while they've been battling in kangaroos. Yeah, so they go back to Doc's place, and that's when shit with Doc gets weird. Yeah, they get into a little play wrestling match. You know, they're messing with the light and stuff, and then... Pouring beer on each other. And then it's very heavily implied that they they end up fucking each other, Doc and John. Because that's when John wakes up and you get the decent dick shot. Yeah. It's, um... The double D. It's, uh... For the ladies. Fantastic uh, and, filmmaking. Yep. Kind of out of left. I wasn't really expecting it until they were like wrestling and then they started doing. I mean, like you see it between, in movies between men and women all the time where it's kind of like the ha 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 ha. Oh, it's changed oh. now. Yeah, and then it changes and that happened. Um, I thought it was really a really great idea to put that in because I think there is a lot. Like when you get over overtly masculine uh, social circles sort of thing you there it most definitely is a lot of times repressing a lot of uh you know homosexual desires yeah, it makes sense i totally i um, makes sense. i think it was a great twist especially like so later on there's a part where he's i don't know if he's just hallucinating or remembering it back but he's well okay we'll get to that later when he actually does hallucinate so he john is panicking yeah over what just happened so he's like, um, I got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, he stumbles into town with a rifle. And I, I wrote, if this if this was happening now, this guy would be shot on sight. Not in this town. Like, this town, I feel like people are looking They're at him like, a little oh, odd, cool. but... This guy, this guy looks like he's about to murder somebody. He's all disheveled and super hungover and carrying a rifle and stumbling. And everybody's like, eh, whatever, just yeah. a Sunday. Yeah, they're like, I got to get my shopping done today. Yeah. Uh, he stumbles into town, runs into the... Uh, Runs into the sheriff, ends up having to have more beer. Yeah. The sheriff doesn't seem to care. He's walking around with a rifle and shit, half drunk. Give two shits. Uh, And that's when he decides he's going to make a break for it. He's just going to try to hitchhike his way out of town. Yeah. He can't handle it anymore. And that's when he's like hanging out in the desert. He's wandering through the desert, trying to hitch rides, and he's like kills a rabbit and eats it. Pretty masculine. Yeah. Um, masculine with a purpose. It's, yeah. It's survival. Yeah. Uh, and he wanders around until he gets to a tiny little hub and meets a truck driver. And it's like, Hey man, would you give me a ride? The guy's like two bucks. He's like, I don't, I don't have $2. I have a gun. And the guy's like, all right, where are you going? And now this is the part that this, I didn't rewind to go see. Does he ask the guy, will you take me to Sydney? Or no, he's going to take me to the city. Oh Yeah. So he's like, yeah, I'll take you to the city. Because the guy's truck said Sydney Trucking Company on the side of it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he gets in the back and they drive him back to the fucking Yeba. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, you said the city. This is the city. This is the closest one. He's like, I thought you meant Sydney. He's like, I'm not going there. Yeah. 
Uh, he's just like, fuck. And that's when he starts like having a nervous breakdown. And he, this is where he goes into like a fever and he's remembering all the shit he did with Donald Pleasance. And then he starts thinking about all those guys fucking Jeanette. And then he starts thinking about them doing that to Robin. Oh, did they? I must have missed the Robin in there. Yeah, if you watch, I had to rewind it, but I'm pretty sure it's her. Like, she starts popping up because it's clearly a different girl. Okay, I thought I just thought Jeanette looked happy because she was getting slapped around a bit, and that went along with what uh, no, Doc I think was he saying. started imagining Robin being there. That makes a lot more sense. I didn't yeah. know. I was like, I didn't know Jeanette was capable of smiling. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. No, she can't. She has a disease. She can't smile. Yeah. Uh, I think it so, was getting really uncomfortable because that, that was, it's not, I don't know, the, from the kangaroo scene on, the movie is very, very, very uncomfortable the rest of the time. So I think at that point yeah. I started doing that thing where you're, you know, when you get uncomfortable in a movie and you're like, I'm going to half look at my Instagram and half look at the screen. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> um, well, yeah, that's what happens. He's like, he's imagining all that. And then he goes back to their house and he's, it seems like he's going to kill them. Yeah, I thought so because he's he storms holding the in. gun at the door, kicks the door, but no one's there, and he's holding the gun at the door, and he's waiting for them to show up, and then he stops, and kind of like the weight of everything that he's done in the past couple of days falls on him, and he puts the gun in his mouth, like he's gonna pull the trigger, then moves it to his forehead, and Doc comes in, and right as Doc is coming in, he shoots him in the head. Uh, I also wrote down the incidental music during this suicide scene. Sounds like the theme song to Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> oh my like God. A really creepy, it. quiet intro song. Um, yeah. So he tries to commit suicide, shoots himself in the head. I will say and, this right now. The movie should have ended right there. Oh yeah. It would have been a better when it went, When it smacked to black, you know, like when he shoots, it should have just credits after that. Um, yep. Because everything, everything that happens after this is completely unnecessary and um, kind of boring. It didn't ruin the movie at all because the movie was really good. But I kind of was like, oh. But if it would have just yeah. ended, that guy, or maybe maybe a shot of Doc burying him in the desert or something, that too would work. But like, I don't know. Yeah. Just because after that, he just wakes up in the hospital. Yep. And the uh, Jacques, the police or the sheriff, is like, oh, we're just going to call it an accident. Mm-hmm. You were sitting there. The gun accidentally went off. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, then they patch him up. Doc gives him a ride back to the train station, and they're all kind of buddy buddy again. Uh, people ask him again, "How about a beer?" And he actually says uh, yes because he seems kind of normal. Like yeah, he, it's, it's almost like he got it out of his system. Like he got something out of his system. Yeah, and then he takes the train back and sees Charlie, and Charlie's like, "Did you have a good holiday?" And he goes, the best. The end. Yep, the end. And yeah. I don't know if it's supposed to be like, okay, first of all, obviously still a great movie. I have a couple questions. Yeah. Called to tell Robin that her boyfriend didn't show up for their vacation. Yeah, because I, I would do that because I'd be very concerned because it's not like I can check his – it's not a day and age where I can check his Facebook and see where, you know. Yeah, it's the 70s though. They at least – Motherfucker could pick up a phone. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Is that's why I'm saying Robin deserves better. So. She really deserves better. Or well, maybe she doesn't because if she hasn't called anyone asking where he is, she doesn't care. Yeah. Robin's got her own shit going on. Robin surfs. Are okay. They... Robin knows how to have fun. Let me ask you this though, because now that you say that and I think about it more, um, are we sure it's really his girlfriend? 
Or just a girl he has a picture of? Like, not just has a picture of, but a girl that maybe he's like, this is my girlfriend, and she's like, oh, that's cute. Oh, yeah, maybe, like, they've gone out a couple times or something. Yeah, or, like, they're friends, and he's like, he tells everyone's his girlfriend except for when she's around. I'd believe it. I could see that, like, now that I think about it more, possibly. Well, they did show that flashback of them kissing, but it also was from, like, first person, kind of dreamy. Yeah, um, and I, I'm wondering if the ending is supposed to be is supposed to be back to monotony because it's trying to talk about how, yes, John went back and became a member of society, but that dark hunt for masculinity part of him is still there because he says, oh, it was the best. Yeah, whatever. So it, I guess maybe that's what it's trying to say. Overall, I still really like the movie. No, me too. I really enjoy this film. Like I said, it it. I don't know, the amount of, like, um, pressure that it puts on, on men to act this way in society. But then, but that's the thing, too, is it puts all this pressure and they, they react this certain way. But then, uh, you know, like, when he's out wandering the desert, like you said, he has to man up and be this, like, toxic, or not toxic, he has to be this real masculine kind of character. Um, and, you know, you just said, like, survival I think maybe that's his first realization that this the men acting this way, it's their own survival. They're just trying to survive the blue collar nut like life that they have in this tiny town mm-hmm. by letting out all of their frustration on stuff. Yeah. I mean it's it's kinda like how in the fifties here in America, like hunting magazines and adventure magazines became really popular after people came back from the war and World War Two because there's an they outlet. An outlet yeah. for all the violence that they were used to. I so, think that's yeah, probably I it. Know, maybe it could yeah, I mean it's a it's a good theory. It's a very wild, wild west kind of town. Like it very, very much reminded me of because when I was a kid I that um Remember there used to be a Western channel on TV? Yeah. I used to watch the crap I out do. of it. <laughs> I used to watch the crap out of that channel for like hours on end as a kid. And this film very much reminded me of a lot of those old John Wayne oh, films. Oh, you could totally set – this could totally be retold as a Western. Yeah. You wouldn't even have to change that much at all about it. And it could definitely be like in the 1800s in California or, you know. I mean, I would even be – Cool, because they said they're going to remake it in 2017 as a miniseries. Yeah. Uh, I would, I mean, I'm not saying they have to, but it would be kind of cool if it was done as a Western. I would like it. Well, it kind of, um, there's, if you watch the trailer for it, and I'll post it up on our Twitter for this film. um, Yeah. Nick Cave said it's one of the most terrifying films about Australia. Um, Nick Cave, did you ever see The Proposition? That's the one... Hang on. That's the one with Guy Pierce, right? Yes, it is. Proposition. Is that the one that's based on Is that the one that's based on Blueberry? I don't know what Blueberry is. Blueberry's a famous um Mobius that comic artist from France wrote a very oh, famous uh, comic strip called uh Blueberry. Uh no, it's not. Okay. But but they, it's still good. I've seen it before. Yeah, it. Watching this film, I can definitely see that Nick Cave watched this film before making the proposition because it's the same thing too. Like a very, I mean, the proposition is set in the 1800s, so it does have yep. that wild west Australian film, but it has, it's the same kind of terrifying existence, uh, male, um, 
like male dominated kind of area that's uh I don't know, there's like a lot of pressure to be like the manliest man of all. Which probably went along with Australia a whole lot, because Australia is like where they sent criminals and convicts. It's the yeah, last it's like famously the, known in history as uh I mean, we're not saying everyone who lives there is that, but it is it's the first thing everybody loves to bring up yeah. <laughs> about how it was a prison colony. It's a it's one of the final frontiers of like discovering the world. You know? Yeah, this is this does feel like the. I haven't seen the proposition since it came out. Oh my god, two thousand five. I've got it on Blu-ray around here somewhere. Just just come visit me and I'll we'll watch it. Okay. <laughs> All right. I love that movie yeah. and yeah. After watching this, I feel like I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch the proposition again because it did have that fantastic Wild West Australian film. Well, I'm gonna say this one is a definite. People should watch this. I completely agree. I've been gonna... telling I've been telling everyone to watch it. I will say, saying Listen. "Wake and Fright," I've had quite a few people ask me if I said "Naked Fright." Okay, "Wake and Fright," "Naked Fright." No, 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 no. <laughs> That's a I mean, film. there is some of that in there too. <laughs> uh, I mean, the one thing I would have to preface before this is, I would understand if anybody fast forwarded through the kangaroo slaughtering. I would say if you uh, can make it through it, though. It's, to watch it for that moment with John's yeah. reaction. It's if not, it. you heard us talk about it. You know, I should probably do a spoiler warning at the top of this podcast, but I figure people figure out that we're going to sit here and analyze a film. So. Yeah, yeah. So I, this is one. Oh, I should have said at the beginning that this is a film that you should watch it before you listen to this podcast. Uh, I guess you could always just real quick after we're done recording, record it and be like, <laughs> so, so that would be really funny if we were talking about it now and you already did it. That would the be beginning. real funny. The magic of time travel. We'll put it, but yeah, I'll put it in uh, the description. Of people this should podcast. really watch this. I would get this on Blu-ray or something or DVD I agree. or whatever it is. It was really good. So. I was, I've been having fun talking about these movies that are real dumb, but uh, damn, this it was good was to so finally good. watch something awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, good Lord. Well, that's all I've got for this. Same here. Uh, Same here. I really liked it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and stuff and uh, leave reviews on iTunes and everything. That's the best way that you can help spread the word about the show because it bumps it up in the ratings. Uh, Make sure to share it with people. And if you have any ideas for movies we should cover, go ahead and do that. Or if you have any comments, things we missed or anything, make sure to hit us up for that, too. All right. Perfect. All right. Great. Well, Miss Jessica, you have a wonderful evening. I will. I got to continue drinking to prove myself. Yep. Uh, I've got to go slam about five beers right now. <laughs> Just open right. your throat and pour them down. Jock. That's the only way to do it. Jock cop style. <laughs> Jock cop style. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Good night.